Welcome to Cosmo Chicks, your go-to girls for all things inner and outer beauty. You're joined, as always, by your hosts, Ella James and Caitlin Gray. Hey. Hi. We are back with a second episode from our psych card reader, Zara, who... If you guys didn't catch the episode a couple weeks back, go and listen. She's amazing and it gives context into how she does what she does in terms of reading energy and helping people move past emotional blockages and all this amazing stuff. So while last episode we talked about what energy is, tips on how to listen to your gut and tips for clearing energy. This week, we're going to really deep dive into how to disconnect from past experiences that trigger certain emotions and feelings within you that then prevent you from progression and moving on. And then, of course, we talk about crystals, which is one of mine and Caitlin's favorite pastimes, and saging. So, guys, if you're into this stuff, give it a listen and make sure you go back and listen to the other one because... Zara is amazing, and I actually don't know what Caitlin and I would do without her. We trust her with all our big decisions. So get excited, let us know what you think. So welcome back, Zara. Thank you, girls. Lovely to be here. <laughs> nice to see you again. <laughs> um, now, we I think we can all agree that a certain part of us has limiting beliefs mm-hmm. and things that stop us from progressing or doing things that we truly want we just wanted to talk with you today on how to really navigate through that and go past limiting beliefs to achieve things that are really our goals and dreams right so for me especially with readings it's super important to find that balance between giving people the information that's coming through as far as options personal choice and you know decision making is always going to be a part of what happens after the readings taken place so for me it's more about the responsibility that comes with delivering the information of what i can feel as either blockages or things that are stopping them from progressing and then finding a way to work through that with the current life situation and circumstance that they're in so as we touched on with that first podcast life situations don't always allow for decisions to be made straight away and changes to be made straight away so finding the balance between the information being delivered and then finding a way to navigate through that super super important so then that adds on to what you've just talked about though as far as limiting beliefs and finding a way to trust the process of progression i've had so many people sit with me have a reading i've either talked to them about their own businesses or things that were in my viewpoint coming up for them as possibilities and they've literally laughed in my face no chance there's no chance i'm going to have my own business no chance blah 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 so that comes from history it comes from your previous relationships it comes from previous workplaces it comes from head noise in general so the limiting part of that it stems from somewhere people don't just wake up thinking negatively about themselves but in the process of what i'm doing it is hard to find that balance between getting them to just have a little bit of faith and be a little bit more open to the possibilities even though on paper it might look like an impossibility for them to achieve it 
And something we talked about off air was how different emotions, and there are certain emotions that solicit or elicit a really low vibration. Mm -hmm. Can we talk through and sort of manifest in energy blockages? Mm -hmm. Can we talk through some of those emotions like fear, head noise, pre-existing hurt, childhood, all that sort of stuff that comes in um, and just how to one become aware of it and then two work to remove the blockage so sure. that's a massive question <laughs> yeah it's a multi-layer so to start with a lot of times people aren't even necessarily aware that there is a connection to previous relationships previous traumas childhood incidents um you know prior circumstances that are current as far as their parallels with whatever's happening so when they have a reading, oftentimes if I identify, for argument's sake, a previous relationship where something had taken place, and I'm very specific with whatever it was, whether it's abuse, whether it's certain phrases that the person might have said to them, whether it's a family dynamic, and again, there's something within that exchange that is traumatic or sets them off as far as their self-belief. Yeah, so during a reading, you will often, well, I will often get information to do with past circumstances that will be paralleling in a current situation for the person so sometimes they're not even aware that there is a connection between something they've experienced previously that is triggering their reactions or lack of in a current circumstance so if you've had a traumatic relationship or family dynamic or even a workplace you might not necessarily process that that's actually affecting your current situation because in your head and logically you're like I'm not in that job anymore I'm not under that boss's parameters I'm not in that relationship so logically it doesn't make sense that that would still be affecting you but it can so finding that and identifying what it is firstly is super important which comes up in the reading so once that's done the person usually will have a little bit of a meltdown <laughs> because it's it's a lot it's a lot to understand that where you've come from and feel like you might have grown past or grown through a circumstance is still rearing its head now that's a lot to confront so once we've established whatever that is i will work through what i'm seeing as far as the best avenue or way to progress through it so acknowledgement is the first key if, if we're being honest once you acknowledge it and you give it the time and logic as far as working through what it was and why it's still central or still pushing your buttons it takes the power out of it so again once you sort of turn the power down as far as its influence on what's coming up it changes your level of fear fear is pretty central in my opinion to a lot of stuff whether it's going for a job that you think you may or may not be able to achieve asking for a raise asking a person out that you think is super attractive but you think is way above your level or you know opportunity there's so many different parameters to that that dictate our actions so when these things come up it's mainly about me acknowledging them processing it with the person basically unplugging the the power socket to the fear that's attached and then giving them a mapping or a template of what the best movements are to move out on the other side of it in progression. Mm. 
Yeah, I would agree with fear. I think a lot of the the challenges or the things that are we think are going to happen bad to us are all in our head. Like ninety percent of us, it's just fear and limitations that we create in our head that stop us from doing things. Um, for instance, like the number of times you know we've maybe been worried to reach out to someone to come on the podcast, and you think, oh no, they would never want to do right. that, or <laughs> what would they think? Yeah. And then you just realize that you spend so much time worrying about what's going to happen, all it's going to do, it's not going to change anything in your life. The worst case scenario is they say no. Yeah, exactly. And if they say no, so what? And I think a lot of it, particularly for our generation, is fear of judgment and what other people think Um, because, you know, we've been brought up with social media and what everyone's been putting this mask Mm -hmm. on or um, so a lot of the time you can be worried, what is that person going to think of me? Well, platforms are powerful. So when you think about putting yourself out there as far as who you are, what you, what you represent, the way you feel about things, it's vulnerability. And vulnerability in any form or fashion, whether it's about representation or in a relationship or at a workplace, it's scary. And it's called vulnerability for a reason. It puts you in a specific feeling of... It's, it's somewhat juvenile because it's the same feeling as when you're little and you're going to primary school and you've got to make friends and, you know, all those sorts of feelings of tummy butterflies and things like that, they can reappear in adult life and people don't understand the parallel. And it's like the same feeling. It's a different content. It's a different circumstance, but it's the same feeling and it comes from fear. Mm. So it's ever present. It's just finding the ways to acknowledge it and sort of disarm the power element as far as its control over you with decisions moving forward. Yeah, I like sort of on that note, talking about head noise and sometimes it can be really hard to distinguish what's real and what's not because you think all these things and particularly if you're in a pattern of feeling negative towards something and it kind of snowballs Mm -hmm. and you're talking yourself into all these stories but then it's kind of hard to figure out what's actually true and what's not and how to actually take a step back and take check of what reality is and how you should really be feeling well you hit the nail on the head with that last phrasing of taking a step back so that only happens when you've taken too many steps forward so the ability to see what's coming is only as available as the present circumstance it's all well and good to have someone that is an energy reader that sees or feels different things coming up within your life and situation but that's based on things running the course the way they are but there's always going to be things that are going to fly in left of center right of center that were not accounted for that can change path and direction because everybody has personal choice so you sitting in a situation where you're preempting what's going to happen and allowing that to cause a level of fear that changes your behavior is just so negative it's it's just it's present and it's normal but it's so negative and it happens in relationships it happens in job environments it happens as caitlin was saying with making decisions on something that is so beneficial in the fact that you're trying to better yourself or have people on your podcast that is actually going to be helpful to people in your audience but your fear gets in the way and you think oh but they might not want to talk to us they don't even know us they haven't seen our platform they don't know our listeners you know that narrative that you create can go way too far Mm. and i think you also start to act out the narrative so it's almost like creating yeah you're creating it so what i was thinking oh really Mm -hmm. so it's 
kind of like our brains always want to prove you right. Mm -hmm. So whatever you tell your brain, your brain's like, you're always right. I'm going to point everything out in the world that proves you right. Mm -hmm. So an example would be, um, and we, we both experience this, is when you're driving around and you're like, I never get a park. Your brain <laughs> is consciously telling you to not look for parking spots because it's trying to prove your point mm -hmm. that you never get parks. Unless you're my mom and then she has a parking angel, which I know a lot of people do. <laughs> so she preps the whole thing. She's like, I'm getting in the car. I'm going to Crow's Nest. I need yeah. to pick this up. I need a parking spot right at the front, please, angel. She like has a full on chat yeah. and she gets it every single time. Exactly. So it's like your mind, well, yeah. it's, it's also that and your mindset is driving yeah. being like, I get a rockstar park every time I go somewhere. And I, it happened to me yesterday. Text yeah. Ella, I said, I just got a rockstar park in Bondi on Sunday at 9 a.m. No, you don't hear of that. <laughs> yeah. Unicorn moment. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot to be said for positivity. So although we're human and there's that element that's always there that you can't always be on, you can't always be positive, that whole fake it till you make it thing, I, I don't see that as a negative. I think it's a good thing. It's, you know, you don't, have an expectation of always being up and high and perfect and proper and amazing but in the moments where you don't necessarily feel that try and you know give yourself the the mindset that you're, you're almost there you know you're getting there and you're prepping for that yeah and i think that's also kind of like the yeah, glass half full mm, right. analogy is always coming from that positive perspective and something that's helped both of us start our day in that mindset is just mm -hmm. waking up with gratitude for the smallest things like i have gratitude for the smell of my coffee beans just yeah. things that but see it's not little yeah you know, like it's little to us because of the circumstance we live in and the city that mm. we live in and the luxuries of having you know an apartment that we live in and all of those things but to somebody else that doesn't have coffee yeah <laughs> or that lives doesn't have a roof over their head and it's a you know it's a massive deal so mm. it's definitely circumstance-based but gratitude is never little yeah mm. and it just i think teaches you to shift from that lacking perspective to what i have what i have and then you kind of see the world more from that positive perspective Definitely. i feel like it's also good to start your way that your day that way because like we were talking about if you wake up and automatically you're thinking of like the anxieties and the fears and all the stuff that happened yesterday then you already start your day living in that negativity and stuff from the day before mm. whereas it yeah just helps you get present and appreciate yeah i think as soon as you have a moment of realization that once a moment's passed whether it's a negative conversation a deadline that you missed um something that you were expecting to go a certain way that didn't the moment's passed so having a moment of holding the energy or the frustration or the anger or the negativity is human but process it and then let it go because it's an opportunity to then correct the situation the circumstance the conversation in a new vein you know like look at what it was take from the content what didn't work whether it was the tone of voice that you spoke in or the approach that you had or the way you presented something that was not received the way you wanted it to be and take a moment with self and then just redirect but going backwards and holding on to the the pain the trauma the negativity is human don't don't expect yourselves not to have that moment but process mm -hmm. and then try and push forward in a more positive different direction i guess that comes to the question how do you work to remove blockages and i know you have your process when someone comes to visit you mm -hmm. and you have a lot more insight but if 
you know, if you're working through it on your own and you don't have an energy reader to help you through it, yeah. what are ways to, to yeah, process, to process okay. it? So first things first, timing is super important and acknowledgement is also super important. So if you're in a moment where you are wanting to acknowledge something that is traumatic that has been 10 years ago for argument's sake, but whatever it is in your current situation is triggering that and you're like, I know within myself let's use an example of relationship that I'm not allowing myself to connect to this person because of fear of what happened before with you know person x 10 years ago as long as you acknowledge what that is the processing is really up to the person as far as the timing with it so if you chose journaling for argument's sake to really get out whatever that was so you know and do a disconnection letter you know dear universe please disconnect my energy from the memories of this relationship with this person the content of what they said to me the way they used to speak to me the way they made me feel about myself my lack of positivity my lack of confidence etc etc if you get halfway through that and you completely lose it and you are crying and just not feeling comfortable put it away for a minute it's there's nothing wrong with starting to process something and then taking a break know your limits as far as your emotional center so as far as self-healing self-reflection and self-progression without a reader go at your own pace there's no right or wrong pace with having it done within an hour and then burning it that day or burning it on a full moon there's a lot of things that are said in those circles oh you have to do it on a full moon you have to do it on tuesday you have to do it in your undies in the backyard you don't you just do what feels comfortable for you as long as the intention is in the process it works yeah, I think something that a lot of people do, like myself as well, is that these days it's so easy to distract yourself, particularly with devices and seeing people that often if something happens, you keep yourself busy mm-hmm. rather than actually slowing down, mm-hmm. stopping yeah. everything. And like, because it's uncomfortable to feel that pain or that hurt mm-hmm. or it's easier to ignore it and 100% which is why I'm saying when you're in that moment if you feel like it's too much don't push yourself you know there's no winning trophy at the end of it it's like it's not you don't win anything out of it other than your own resetting and your own balancing of energy so however long that takes as far as the process allow yourself that you know give yourself that kindness and space to be within it whatever it looks like good bad or ugly tears and snot or none and go back to it when you're ready so the process can be as long or as short as you feel you need it to be yeah i remember once when i did a disconnection letter and it was something that i think it was to do with relationships mm-hmm. and something that it just kept resurfacing right and then i wrote a disconnection letter and gave what happened and said like I'm ready to move on I don't want to attract that anymore and I remember when I burnt it and then when I tried to I don't know if it was just placebo or whatever Mm -hmm. but I tried to think about it and feel the emotion that I used to and I felt nothing right it was it was the most bizarre thing it was for a few years that I held on to this Mm -hmm. and every time I thought about it it would bring up a certain emotion and then after I burnt the disconnection letter I would try to think about it and try to bring up the emotion just because I was, wasn't there and I couldn't it wasn't there it wasn't yeah. there anymore it was well, weird that's, that's kind of what I touched on with in the first podcast with um the disconnection letter and the processing on whole it does kind of once you've done it it puts you on a sort of autopilot so you can still navigate and do what you need to do drive your car go to work interact with your friends whatever else but you might just be a little bit vague 
because your energy is resetting. So as humans, we've only got the ability to get rid of certain levels of content within our hearts, minds, emotional spheres. So by doing the letters, you're basically saying, I'm human, I'm on this level. Whatever else is in a space that I can't access in my mindset or my energy or my vibration, I'm asking my guides to do that on my behalf and I'm giving them permission to do so. So that autopilot phase is kind of that processing happening in a subconscious level that you're not even necessarily aware of. So you not being able to tap back into the emotional trigger points is very normal because they've done something that you can't even necessarily understand or process mm. because we've only got a certain level of understanding as as beings you know here mm. i think the journaling as well it also makes you aware of things that have been holding you back without even knowing mm-hmm. so you can start on one tangent about a past relationship 100%. and then you just start channeling all this stuff 100%. and all these emotions come up well channeling is the word it sometimes can become automatic writing because mm-hmm. it's coming from a space that you don't even realize was traumatic to you and how would you recommend actually getting in that state to sit down because i don't know if it's me avoiding the situation but mm-hmm. sometimes I just don't you like you said I don't feel like I'm there in that zone. yeah yeah is it well a feeling or? it's again it's gonna be different for every person some people feel like their best way of doing it is to literally write it down in a space that's just an average space they might have the television on they might have someone else in the room but then when they're actually trying to process it they will go to a park by themselves sit on the grass and ground their energy up against a tree or somewhere that's more sort of you know base vibration and read it out so the process can be different per person there's no right or wrong with the process as long as the intention is there they don't really care whether you write it in crayon or whether you write it in pen or how you do it as long as it's not typed because that's not really intent Um, the physicality of writing is the most important element to the process and however long it is it's that long it can be one page it can be 17 pages it doesn't have to be a structured situation Mm. And with regards to channeling energy, something that both of us, again, are very into uh, is crystals. What is the understanding of what crystals actually do? Okay. So for every person, there's going to be a different level of connection to crystals. So to one particular one that might look absolutely stunning, you might pick it up and feel absolutely nothing then Caitlin might pick it up and be really, really warm and feel really connected and feel really affected by it. So your vibration is different to hers and it's the same as the vibrations of crystals. They come from the earth, so they hold different vibrations and different centers of energy. So one that looks amazing might not feel amazing to you, but one that looks like crap might be really, really positive for your vibration at that time so the whole coming and going of crystals as far as the timeline is also really important you might buy one at the time that you just really like the look of and you might feel it and it doesn't feel anything but you know in your tummy that you need it or you want it or it's supposed to be for you so buy it six months later you'll pick it up and it might really really connect to something that you're particularly going through the time whether it's stress or trauma or frustration or love or whatever it is so you're drawn to them for a specific reason everybody's going to be different with what they're drawn to and don't allow the visual aspect to be a yes or no on what you choose Mm. yeah because we've been told before or 
we've heard that when you walk in the crystal shop, you kind of go to the one mm-hmm. that you are drawn to. Yeah. And it's interesting that you say not just the visual aspect, mm. but more that the connection vibration. of energy. Yeah. yeah. So would you recommend kind of like holding the crystal? Definitely. And Definitely. When you go Stroking in, the crystal. Talking <laughs> to the crystals. Talking whispering. to the crystal. <laughs> dressing them up. I think. Anyone who wants to have a pet rock? <laughs> oh, I think everyone had a pet rock. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mine was pretty good. I definitely would recommend holding them. Again, even your hands are different. So holding it in one palm might feel completely different to holding it in the other one. Sometimes people need to literally close their eyes in order to centralize their connection to it because they're a visual person. So someone walking into the store is going to distract them and they're not really going to be focusing on what they're feeling. So know yourself well enough to know the environment that you're in and what you feel like you need to do to actually connect. And then once you've connected, decide, is this just because it looks super pretty or do I really feel like even though I'm not 100% connected right now, I feel like it's for me? In which case you buy it and you wait until it presents itself for whatever it's going to be used for in that healing element. Do you recommend saging or cleansing the crystals once you've purchased them? Because they've obviously been in a shop where full of people with different energies coming in. Yeah, so again, there's different hands that they've passed through so from the mining stage all the way through transport all the way through production and cutting and whatnot and then placement in a store there's a lot of sets of hands that they've gone through so cleansing the energy and kind of just taking the crystal back to its base vibration a hundred percent is something that's important so the only thing i would suggest is looking up the crystal before you do that though because some people like to put them in salted water to cleanse them and some crystals can't deal with that they will dissipate they will just disintegrate into nothing so you have to know what the crystal is and what it's made up of as far as its element form and the safest way is definitely saging because there's nothing you can't sage essentially it's smoking the, the crystal <laughs> 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 um, to cleanse its properties so it's so interesting you say that because my mum got me into crystals. Mm-hmm. Well, she first introduced me to them. And so she's gifted me a lot of crystals in my lifetime. Oh, wow. Bless her. But one of, when we moved here, she gave me, a, I've still got it, a little pink angel crystal. Mm-hmm. And I had it by my computer and it just kept falling over, falling over. And then it just cracked. And so I put it in my drawer because I thought there was like bad vibes to the crystal. Yeah. But I don't know what you think it, about it that. Would be bad vibes, but it could, especially if you have it near something electronic. Yeah. It can take on a lot of the energy. So if it's near something like a computer or a microwave or things that hold a lot of energy and process a lot of electricity, they can just crack based on proximity to that. And what would you recommend that people actually do with their crystals? Because we've definitely got a few different ways we use our crystals okay so again everybody's going to be different with what suits them and their sensitivity to the crystals themselves so people carry them in their pockets carry them in their handbags carry them in their cars (laughs) yeah cars socks anything that's within movement um so socks are very close what else can i tell you about the movement aspect i just think that you need to sort of check in with them. So if you have one that's in your bag or in your car or in your socks for a week or so, 
reassess, you know, hold them back in the palms of your hand and think, do I still need this this next, you know, coming week or this next fortnight or whatever it is? Like sort of don't just leave them for huge periods of time and hope that they're still projecting what they're supposed to project because you go through phases and so do them in, you know, collaboration with your energy. So, yeah, shifting them out is always a good thing, switching them up. Rocks in the socks is a big thing around here. Rocks in the socks. That's a new one. I Rocks in the socks. Yeah. I was actually playing tennis last week with my oh tennis my partner. God, no. And all of a sudden I was like, what's Maybe in my shoe? Happens. And they were like, are you all right? Because I kept like hitting my ankle, hitting my ankle. And I looked down and I had a crystal in my sock wow. because I'd, I'd had a meeting earlier in the day. And I find right. whenever I'm not anxious, but I feel a little bit nervous yeah. if it's a first meeting or something, that's something that actually just balances me and makes me feel well when you think about it it's the movement but it's also the fact that it's literally with you as you're walking so Mm. with each step you're kind of like regrounding the energy with whatever the elements come through that crystal you know Mm. like it's Mm. it's big i've had a lot of people wear them i used to wear a lot in your bra bra. yeah because it's closest to your heart and it just it feels right you can look like a third nipple and you forget to you forget and then you go to shower and yeah and it drops across the ground (laughs) i've had plenty of those happen (laughs) windows when i'm throwing my bra off at the end of the day yeah but yeah i think they're definitely beneficial and it's important to switch them up so to know what's working for you at the time and what's not and just move on to the next one they're always there so and just touching on saging as well, yeah. how often do you actually recommend that someone should sage their space? Because we, okay. yeah, you don't want to overdo it. Sunday sage. Yeah, well, it depends again on the environment and the amount of foot traffic. So if it's only the two of you, then it's not necessary really to do it more than once a month. But if you have a lot of people, you know, in your space, whether it's family, whether it's people for podcasts, whatever it happens to be, generally again go off their vibration if there's someone that's high vibration positive energy white light type of setup leave their energy in there it's a good thing it just sort of adds to yours and if anything heightens your vibration if there's someone that's been super stressed or has a lot on their plate or is not necessarily coping with stuff that's going on in their own personal life as soon as they're at the front door bye i love you start mm. saging <laughs> because it's it's not anything against the person but it's it can linger you know the energy can linger within that space so for me with work i use it every single reading so in between each person because again i don't want to start picking up energy that's from the prior person that i've already finished reading it's like a disconnection for me from their vibration so that the next person coming in is not affected by whatever that circumstance was so it's based more on foot traffic and God, you better do your room a lot, Ella. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Just like kidding. your side of the couch. <laughs> okay. oh. And this has been incredible and we really appreciate you taking the time to share everything with us so yeah thank you and we're very excited to continue to see you and we'll see everyone else on the next week of cosmetics